We're in this series called Seven, and uh, we're going through the seven churches, the seven letters that uh, Jesus had John write to these seven churches in seven cities. And uh, there's letters written, you know, some 2,000 years ago, but yet they're applicable for us today. And it was kind of Jesus's, uh, um, kind of his evaluation process, his performance evaluations to these churches and the individuals that made up these churches. And uh, so we're going to be looking at uh, each one of these churches in each one of these cities. And today, the church is in the city of Smyrna. And uh, there's going to be a lot that as we get to know this this church in this city, and uh, we have more in common than probably we'd all think we do. What's your daily habit? Let me ask you that question. For me, uh, one of those daily habits were, is that every morning I, I wake up and I reach over and I grab my iPhone. It's charging right next to me. And I grab my iPhone and I quickly open a, a number of different news apps. I, I have a Fox News app. I have a Huffington Post app. I have a CNN app. I have a Drudge Report app. And I will go through all of those and a couple more. And I'll just click through the headlines of news just to get this you know, quick blink of what's going on in our world. And within five minutes, I just feel really, really depressed. Right? Like, I literally have had to stop watching the news. Because every time you turn it on, it's some war, some moral atrocity, some tension, some something that just rests on your soul. And you're like, oh, man, it's bad out there. So two days ago, I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to grab off my CNN iPad app. I'm going to grab the top 10 uh, headlines that CNN uh, kind of aggregated. They kind of brought together and, uh, and I just want to share those with you. Again, I don't know who made these decisions. I don't know, you know, wh- what order they're in. But these were the top ten headlines uh, for two days ago. This is how, how they read. The first one. UN to make another try at Syria resolution. Right? What's going on in Syria right now is just abhorrent. You know, it just makes my stomach just turn over to... to the bloodshed and, and the fighting and the innocent lives and all of that going on there. The next headline, Catholic group denounces uh, contra- contraception plan. The next headline, this was interesting. Paris, love, light, and laughter. Wee oui, wee, oui, mademoiselle. I took four years of French in high school. I'm fluent. I can count to 20 if you want. I just thought it was funny. That was like the third head- headline. It just made you feel all nice, warm, and fuzzy because the rest of them are pretty dark. The next one, uh, right after Paris, police identify three men in beating video. Next one, eight arrested over illegal payments to police. Next one, Iran plans nuclear announcement. Next one, dishonest doctors, why physicians lie. Isn't he happy? Right? <laughs> He's like, yes, I'm lying to patients. It's awesome. Next one, L.A. schools helping investigation. And what took place in that school? Ah, next one. Blood on comforter in Powell's storage unit. And last one. Obama's budget, $901 billion deficit in 2013. Oh, 
right? I mean, you just think about that. And that's the world we live in. That's what we wake up to every morning. That's when we go to bed at night. You know, last night I'm sitting uh, at my desk. I was getting ready to leave the house to go to this thing, and uh, I had ESPN on the basketball. Uh, uh, Ohio State, I think, was playing. And, um, and uh, I'm working, and all of a sudden they break into the game. I don't know if you saw this. They break into the game and to announce Whitney Houston had died. Oh, like I'm just sitting there. You know how many high school dances I went to, and I danced to Whitney Houston? And then you start hearing all these people talk about her. Like she's not a real human being. Like she doesn't have kids that are now suffering and loved ones that are now suffering and friends that are now grieving loss. And all these reporters and these experts, whoever they are, are talking like she's not even a real human being. I mean, what a tragedy of a life. I literally just sat at my desk I think about 2012, right? It's going to be an intense year, isn't it? I mean, financially, in this, com- in this country, what's going to happen? I- I've talked to numerous people that work, you know, Wall Street, financial industry, right? And they're all saying, many of you know, like 2012 is going to be one of those years. What's going to happen in this country? And we all know what happens here will greatly affect the world. What's going to happen? No one knows. Politically, we're in an election year. And whatever side you're on, right? Whatever your opinions, whatever party, whatever... We, we all have to agree that our, our, our political system is really a mess. Again, we'll, and we're going to spend a year watching political ads and a year listening to debates of people saying, you know, you lie, no, you lie, no, you over-exaggerated, no, you over-exaggerated, right? That's going to be our, our world for the next nine months. Until election. And then one side will celebrate and the other side, do it all over again. That's, where, that's going to be our year. I mean, think, think what is going around, uh, on around the world. How many wars are literally taking place or might take place? Think about the tensions in countries I mean, North Korea, what's going to happen there? I don't know. Iran, Israel, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iraq, China, Russia, Syria. Who knows what Chavez is going to do? And welcome to church where things are really light right now. But isn't that our life? Like, those are the headlines. That's what we're facing. And don't you feel like there's this kind of, this pressure that just kind of sits on your chest? That's why I've literally had to limit the amount of news I watch or I read. I'm not saying I should spend the first five minutes of my day reading, but I'm like, let's get it out of the way. How bad is it? Bad. Moving on. But right, we, 
there's this outer pressure that just kind of waits there. What's going to happen economically? What's going to happen politically? What's going to happen in, in world tensions? What's going to happen financially? What's going to happen? But as we jump into this church located in this city called Smyrna, we're going to see this interesting picture take place that uh, is not going to look that much different than what we're experiencing some 2,000 years later. Oh, the specifics are a lot different. I mean, 2,000 years ago, they weren't using the word nuclear, right? Like, that wasn't one of those words. Listen to what Jesus had to say. Verse 9 of uh, Revelation chapter 2. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are, are not, but are, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison and test you, and you'll suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I'll give you life as your victor's crown. Like you read through that, I mean, words like death and persecution and prison and suffering and poverty and slander and affliction. I, what we're going to see is, is, is the Christians in Smyrna we're dealing with some very similar things than, as you and I deal with today. One of the words in that whole list, in those several verses, that really kind of paints the picture for everything they were dealing with was this word afflictions. When Jesus says, I know your afflictions. The literal translation is the word pressure. And they would develop these word pictures around uh, specific words to help people understand what they really meant. And the word picture around this word affliction or pressure was just this, this image of a huge boulder resting on your chest and the weight of it slowly crushing you to death, squeezing the air out from your lungs, cracking your ribs, and every breath would be a struggle. And every breath, you weren't sure if you could squeeze another one out. And that was the entire word picture around this word pressure. When Jesus says, I know the pressure you're facing. And what I know in this room today, all of us come in here with a pressure. Like this boulder laying on our chest. And it weighs really heavy. And if we don't do something about it, it's going to just slowly squeeze the life out of us. So I started thinking to myself, what, what would the headlines, if Smyrna had an iPad app or an antiquated newspaper, what would the headlines read some 2,000 years ago in Smyrna? What would those headlines look like? The first headline that I think that you would see in Smyrna would be this headline. Sign or die, choose wisely. You see, something was going on kind of politically right in this moment. I talked about it a little bit last week with the, the, the church in Ephesus. But you see, Caesar worship, emperor worship, was at its all-time high. When Rome first developed, they, uh, uh, the, 
the emperor, the Caesar, chose to deflect all praise from himself because they were all about going out and conquering and being this great nation. But over time, things started to shift. And people started saying, well, wow, good job. You conquered a new nation. And maybe we should celebrate you. Maybe we should encourage you. And I'm sure at first it was like, no, no, no. We're a great, mighty nation. But time moved and more people encouraged and celebrated the emperor. And all of a sudden, it started shifting. Oh, that feels good. Okay, if you want to celebrate me, I'm that good. And then it morphed some more to, I really enjoyed that. And all of a sudden, it started being suggested. Yeah, you probably should worship. And now we get to this point. When this letter to this church in this city was being written, Caesar worship was at its all-time high. Literally, every Roman citizen had to, once a year, go to the temple, take a pinch of incense, and burn it, and claim that Caesar was Lord, that Caesar was God. And Smyrna was at the epicenter of Caesar worship. Hundred years before this moment, they were the first city to erect a, a temple to the goddess of Rome. And in 26 AD, there's this kind of competition out of seven cities to claim the right to build the temple to Tiberius. And out of those seven cities, all vying, it's kind of like the Olympic process, right? Everyone vying for, Smyrna received the rights to build this temple for Tiberius, for Caesar worship. So Smyrna was right in the middle of this. You see, Rome didn't care who you worship the other 364 days out of the year. They didn't care. But one day out of the year, every Roman citizen would have to come. And they literally would get a certificate, a libelous, that said, you worship Caesar. You claimed him as Lord. And you may go on your way. And you can worship anyone you want to now. And for most Roman citizens, they were worshiping multiple gods anyway, so it didn't matter. But yet this, there's this group of Christ followers. And what they knew in their Bible, which was the Old Testament, and especially in the book called Exodus, and especially in chapter 20, where you find the Ten Commandments, there's this commandment that's really towards the top of the list that said, you shall have no other God before me. And you will worship no other God. And so they found themselves kind of at this point in their life. For one day out of 364 days, could they just kind of ignore Exodus 20? Could they ignore this commandment from God? Or are they going to be true to what they believe and what God had called them to be? And so they chose to be true. And they became outlaws in the city. It's easy to think that 2,000 years ago, it was like, oh, that happened then. That doesn't happen now, especially in America, right? The land of the free. The land where you can worship whoever you want in whatever way you want, right? 
It's a great land of America. But are we really, really free? Have you watched those news reports, those conversations, those talk shows, whatever format I might be in? And somewhere along the way, when they're talking about religion, it comes to the point about Jesus. Jesus said, his words, that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. You see, Jesus was this polarizing force, and he is still today. And if you ever, maybe you've engaged in the conversation. Maybe you watched the talk show. Maybe you've had this conversation with someone, and they're like, really? So, so if I don't believe in Jesus, then what happens to me? I get hell? My father-in-law had the opportunity to, to pray at the state senate, senate in uh, Pennsylvania. And he uh, said yes because one of the, the, the members of his church were, were being kind of sworn in, inducted into it, and he asked him if he would pray. And so he said yes, and he showed up, and they gave him a list of things of what he could and could not say. And you know, on that list, he could not end a prayer with and in Jesus' name. It's what he believes. The land of the free? And they literally said, you cannot say that. We're living in an interesting time right now, aren't we? This tension is growing. What would be another headline in the church of Smyrna, or for Smyrna? Headline would be, boycott extended indefinitely. Jesus says, I know your afflictions or your pressure. And he says, and your poverty. Now that word doesn't mean that they were just poor. Like they they wish they would have had uh, nicer things or they wish they would have more things. It wasn't that. That word literally means absolute destitution. They were struggling just to eat. They were struggling just to survive. They were struggling just to make ends meet. All while living in one of the most affluent cities in the entire region. Smyrna and Ephesus were kind of tied. They both had incredible seaports and trade routes. And they lived amongst all of this. Yet they could barely uh, find enough food and money for food to survive. Well, there's two pieces. There's this Roman political piece where people wouldn't trade with them. But yet there's this religious persecution that you're going to see here in just a few moments. And so between political persecution and religious persecution, they they couldn't run a business out of their house. Who would trade with them? They would try to make things, but they would have to barter for supplies to be able to make something to sell, and no one would barter with them. No one would trade with them. Literally, their economic engines were being shut down, and there was nothing they could have done because as far as the Roman government, they were outlaws, and religious persecution, they were doing everything they could to keep them in that status. So how does that apply to to today? Have you felt yourself coming to a crossroads because of your faith? Maybe you find yourself there right now. What's being asked of you to do goes against what you believe and what the Bible says.
And are you going to compromise your faith to progress in your job, to progress in society, to progress? Are you going to stand up on your faith and say, okay, Christ, help me out here. For some of you, you've already just moved on past that line. What are you going to do when you come to that moment? I wonder how many people said to this group of Christ followers, it's only one day out of the year. God knows your heart. You can do whatever you want. Just one day. Get the certificate. He said, that one day was everything for them. It was everything. The last headline, I think would have read, he's on fire. Here came the, the religious persecution. You heard Jesus' words, and I think he's a little irritated to understate it. He says, I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. He's just a little ticked off at this point. You see, what was going on was this movement called the way, the church, uh, was filled with people of all nationalities, all backgrounds, all different faiths, all coming together, being united underneath Christ. Jews and Gentiles, all uniting. But yet there is this other group of Jews. They're trying to do everything they could to stomp out this movement, to persecute this movement. And so they were kind of stirring the pot. They were whispering in the ears of political officials and Roman officials. And they were saying, you know what? This group of people, they don't really worship Caesar at all. We need to do something about them. And Smyrna became this kind of epicenter to persecute and kill Christians. One of the most famous uh, people was the Bishop uh, Polycarp. And there's this day, there's a festival that was raging in the city and excitement and food and drinking. It was one of those big celebrations. And also in the, these, grew, uh, the, these groups of uh, Jewish kind of influencers sort of to disperse amongst the crowd saying, hey, you know, Polycarp, we don't think he really has ever claimed that Caesar is Lord. We should do something about that. And the frenzy erupted in the city and they grabbed this, this man and drug him out to the city square where everyone was and they screamed at him, who are you going to worship, Caesar or your God? Who is it? Choose today. And this is how Polycarp responded. He said, 86 years I have served Christ and he has never done me wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? And they lit him on fire. I know it's easy to go, yeah, Chris, that was back then. They don't light people on fire today. Maybe not in America. If you're bored this afternoon, 
you're up for some light reading, Google um, this website, Voice of the Martyrs. Voice of the Martyrs. Just start reading. They're, They're real news reports and real news stories with real names and real people around this world. What's happening to the Christians in Egypt will make your stomach just flip inside out. What's happening to the Christians in Iran, in Syria, China. I read this amazing story, though. Do you know where the fastest growing church is right now? Christian church? In the world? China. Experts have no clue. They can't put a number on it. I mean, it's high millions. I mean, it's way up there. Millions and millions of people right now. All these house churches are, are underground and they're erupting. And now they're kind of coming to the surface. And the Chinese government, they don't know what to do with them. They've spent hundreds of years trying to repress Christianity and to shove it down and to obliterate it. And now there's so many, they, they literally don't know what to do with it. I read this one story about this guy. He got thrown in jail for being a pastor, for being a Christian. He got thrown in jail. And while he was in jail, that one of the uh, parts of uh, uh, the Chinese government said that if you're in jail, you could have one religious book. So he asked for a Bible, and they said, no. He goes, what do you mean, no? I get one religious book. They said, no, you don't. You're not going to get a Bible. And all of a sudden, he realized that in jail, none of the prisoners could get a Bible. So he started sharing his faith, his story about the Bible to other people in the jail. And God started doing this amazing work. Well, he got released and you realize, well, now who's going to tell people about Christ? Who's going to tell people about uh, what Christ did and about this book called the Bible? Who's going to do that? You know what he did? He got thrown back in jail. Seven times now. I would love to share with you his name. I tried. I couldn't pronounce it. I really tried. I'm like, I don't want to say as I can. I don't know. It's a real life person right now in a jail in China because he chose to be there. It is going on in our world. It is going on. And right now the church is erupting because of the persecution. So let me ask you this question. If you had an iPad app or an antiquated newspaper, what would be the headline for your life right now? What would that say? Front page. What would the headline say? What's that rock resting on your chest right now? Maybe it says something like this. Marriage, cataclysmic collapse forecasted. Are you right now sitting with your husband and your wife having that conversation? Or do they even know it's coming? Or maybe the headline just simply reads, marriage collapsed. Or does your headline read something more like, doctor stumped, zero answers. Have you ever navigated that, maybe personally or with someone? There's nothing more frustrating 
than when the doctors say there's nothing we can do and we don't know. How helpless. Maybe that's for you. Maybe that's for someone that you're in their life right now. And there are not any good answers. Maybe your headline to read something like Options Limited, Future Bleak. You remember that day in life where you looked ahead of your life and you had every option, right? You could do anything. You could become anything. Now you look at your life and you're like, my options now are so limited. And you look out in front of you and it's, it's getting darker. Maybe your headline is the exact opposite. Maybe it reads something like, uh, job soars, but life plummets. Do you find yourself there? You've worked hard to get to that spot, to have that position, to become that successful. And you find yourself sitting there, everything that you've poured your entire life and soul into, to becoming that. And then all of a sudden you look around and everything else is disconnected from you. Your spouse is disconnected from you. Your kids are disconnected from you. Your friendships are disconnected from you. Your church disconnected from you. And yeah, you're there, but everything else is disconnected. Maybe for you, the headline's more like this. Desperate. Keep cat in the bag. You have that secret that you're trying to keep off the headline. And now one lie to cover up is now a whole multitude of lies. And your addiction is taking over. And that decision that compromised your integrity is taking over. And you're so desperate to keep that secret hidden. And it sits right on your chest like a rock. Maybe for you, the headline reads something like, Reality Check, Child Mirrors Parents. Came home the other day. My daughter, one of my daughters, was screaming and yelling. And you know what that moment was for me? That's me. Parents, have you had that moment? I'm not saying there's not great moments where you're like, oh, that's my, that's my kid, right? But then you've had those other moments where you, you are literally looking at yourself in the mirror going, oh, do I sound that way? Do, do I talk that way? Do... Maybe for you, and this is my own personal headline, just to be honest. 25th hour discovered. It's a lie. I'm so desperately trying to find more time right now. I literally said to my wife, I I seriously wish, like I'm trying to find more hours in my day, more hours to get things done, more hours time to meet with people, more hours to train and more hours to read and more hours to prepare and more hours to hang out with my kids and more hours with you and more hours and more hours. And I literally go, man, if I could have more hours, and you know what she said to me simply is, what part of no can't you say? Oh, I got a smart wife. Maybe all of our headlines should simply read, God's talking, you listening. 
Because you see what Jesus realized was that pressure laying on your chest. Whether it's your fault because of your choices, your sin, you, or an outward pressure that's being imposed on you. What Jesus understood is, guess what? He can do something with that. I know some of you are sitting there right now thinking to yourself, Chris, okay, I can handle the pressure. I can handle it. I've handled everything else in my life. That pressure that you're taught, I can handle it. I can get through it. I can manage it. I know how to overcome it. I'm in control of that, whatever that headline is. And I would simply say to you, really? Are you? Can you? There's a reason why in this country, uh, suicide is on the rise and uh, anxiety disorders is on the rise and depression disorders are on the rise and medication to handle anxiety and depression is on the rise. And now it's going into teenagers and elementary kids dealing with anxiety disorders and addictions and alcoholism and divorce rates because all of us are handling the pressure so well by ourselves. Jesus gives us the answer. And I know some of you are going to push back against this, this, this answer. I'm just, I'm just letting you know you're going, to, you're going to push back. That's what Jesus said to the angel, the spiritual leader of the church in Smyrna, right? These are the words of him who is a father and the last who died and came to life again. You know what Jesus is saying to you? He's with you. Lean on him. And I know that can be such a churchy answer. That's step one. Your most important step is him. Steps two through a hundred. Oh, there's a lot of stuff that you can do to help relieve that pressure, relieve that weight. Get help. Pull people in. Get wisdom. Get insight. Get leadership. Don't do it by yourself. There's a whole lot of steps, but step one Simply as Jesus, and he says, I get it. In John uh, chapter uh, 16, Jesus said these words, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. When we lean into him, we find peace. Even in the midst of incredible pressure. I mean, he said, whenever you have trouble, not if, trouble is there. That's why he said to the church in Smyrna, why he said, be faithful, even to the point of death. And I will give you life as your victor's crown. My encouragement for all of you is you need to step one. Again, step one is to discover the peace that comes from resting the fact that Jesus understands. He gets it. That's why he said in verse nine, I know your afflictions. I know your poverty. I know your suffering. And he gets death. He knows. One of the places I go to in my life, and I've gone here constantly, And uh, this is my suggestion for you. This week, today, 
So memorize these three extremely short verses found in James chapter one. I've gone back to this place countless times. God says to hide his word in your heart. There's a reason why. Because when we do that, we rest in his peace. And this is one of those places that I've come through, gone to, uh, to so many times when my life has been overwhelming. So listen to these words. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I I don't know your headline. You do. But my prayer for you this week is this. Step one. Through pressure, through stress, through trials, through suffering, through all the things the world's going to throw at you, through it all, consider it pure joy. Because when you lean into Christ and you discover the peace that can only come from him, oh, that rock might still be sitting right in the middle of your chest and it might still... uh, be difficult to breathe. But when you discover his peace that only can come from him, you'll be able to make it to step two and three and four and 20. And you'll be able to persevere through. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for the time today. And um, I get it. I understand um, I understand the rock sitting on my, my chest. And uh, Lord, I, I can just. We all have our headline. We all have it. And so, Lord, I pray that this week that um, I pray um, that every single person in this room will just rest in the fact that when we lean into you and when we. that we discover a peace from you. And when we discover that peace, we will prevail. So Lord, I pray specifically, uh, without knowing specifics, that Lord, you will just settle onto everyone's hearts and their minds and their souls this week. And that we'll take comfort in James' word and that we'll consider it pure joy whenever we face trials of many kinds. In your name I pray, amen.